HavanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, I'm not caught up on Arrow yet. Okay. Um, I'm like in the middle of season two. Okay. Who's your favorite character on Arrow? My favorite character on Arrow is probably Amanda Waller. Oh, she's only been in half an episode for me so far. So I don't like skinny hot Amanda Waller. They also oh, really? Had, I like skinny hot Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller to me is like, she, they called her the wall, right? right like she's yeah, supposed yeah. to be big and like she's, Aretha Franklin is the woman that sure. you want playing Amanda Waller, sure. right? Like, I, so you, so she's, I don't know enough about her on air. Uh, I just, I just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a big sucker for any kind of like, you know, just, you know, balls out. We, we don't give a shit about legality or... You know, right or wrong. Like, if I'm gonna have my, I want my spy characters to be totally badass. Like my, my, my covert ops to be oh, right, just so totally like, you know, scorched earth policy when I'm doing it. So, fiction, so many things. That. So many things I want to say here, actually, that I hadn't planned on talking about. The reason I was just bringing up Arrow was, comic recommendation I want to make is Kevin Smith's Green Arrow from around 1999. Do you remember okay. when he brought it back? So, Vaguely. do you remember Green Arrow was dead I, for a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like, dead in comics is dead, right? So Green Arrow was actually taken out of commission so there was like a mysterious ending where he stuck his arm into a train or something and then like there was an explosion and he was dead right and people were speculating because dark knight returns written by frank miller like five years earlier whatever sorry sorry, 15 years earlier whatever um had a one-armed green arrow shooting kryptonite arrows aiding batman and fighting superman at the end of the final fight Right, right right so like oh well maybe this is how he gets to be one armed green arrow right so they just had no Green Arrow for a long time. And then Grant Morrison actually used Connor Hawk, who's Green Arrow's son, who he didn't know about, as the Green Arrow in the Justice League. And there's some great stories like, you know, they were like fighting the Injustice Gang or whatever, and the bad guys have like their Superman level character, their Wonder Woman level character, whatever. And like it was like three, like, and they're like Green Lantern level character. And it was like Connor Hawk, Aquaman, and like Catwoman or something. And then and Conrock's like, whoa, what do we do? And Aquaman's like, you're Justice League. This is a three-on-three. We take them down. Like, that's all it was, you know? He's like, oh, okay. He's <laughs> like, you're Justice League. Let's go. Right? So anyway, um, they just didn't let anybody use any sort of Green Arrow intimation in any comic books for years because they knew like, Kevin Smith, who was like a big movie movie director at the time. <laughs> Those of you who may not be familiar, not remember Kevin familiar Smith. with who he is now. So, uh... Now he runs a reality TV show. Yeah, so uh, he made two movies in the last couple years that nobody's seen. He made yeah. Red State, right? He made this other one that apparently was fantastic, but no one saw it. Was that Tusk? Yeah, I think that's the name of it, but no one saw it, yeah. right? So all the reviews are fantastic. I, I, none of the reviews I saw were fantastic. Uh, well, the one review that I read was like, I can't believe no one's seen this movie. It was fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, he was a big deal. And yeah. and they're like, all right, where well, he's going to bring back Green Arrow. And... The twists that they used to get Green Arrow back into continuity are really unexpected. I won't say that they're great, right? Sure. This is comic books are unexpected. So uh, that's what I was going to make as a recommendation. But separately, when you talk about Amanda Waller, did you ever read um, Checkmate? It came after Infinite Crisis. Yeah, you know, I think I did. So is it like? Um, I'm trying. Is Keith Pollard the artist on Checkmate? Or no, is that the ori- that's the original. So Checkmate. it's a 2000s era Checkmate. Oh, okay. It's Greg I'm sorry. Rucka. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like late eighties yeah, so era checkmate. It's it's Greg Rucka, and I want to say oh, wow. it's Jesus says is the artist. I, I will it read is phenomenal. I'll read it's like that. it's so phenomenal that like so the, the I've read multiple novels by Rucka yeah, so at this point. The high I've read con- more of his prose than I've read of his comics. The high conceit of the thing is that there's this UN peacekeeping force and that like it's half humans, half metahumans. And they have this thing called the rule of two, and there can never be more metahumans than humans on the team. So, like, the team is run by, like, Green Lantern and Amanda Waller. And, like, Green Lantern is the the metahuman captain, and Amanda Waller is the human captain. And, like, the teams are, like, these mixed teams. And so it's, like, fire from, you know, fire, the the green, hot Brazilian model. And then she's, like, the metahuman, and there's, like, a French, like, just assassin or whatever. And, like, they just run these, like, covert ops things. Like, they invade the that Bane runs. It's it's so fantastic. Huh. Uh, and it's like one of the best 
I mean, I hate to say superhero comics because it's like it's like really like a spy comic that has. Sure. It's that's, weird that Green Lantern I mean, is the. I was gonna say that's that's Rucker's wheelhouse. Yeah, right? so it's a spy comic that has superheroes in it, and like the twists that he has around the rule of two are, are so good. And so anyway, the thing that I could tell you that this is like such a great comic is the last issue that I think that he wrote, but then it, it switched over to somebody else because I think he found out that they weren't going to renew it, so he's just like. Screw Later. this, I'm not finishing the run. Later, um, I'm going to go write a book. He wrote like a two-part two arc about, I think, uh, I think the French operative gets killed infiltrating Cobra, so the French have to, have to uh, choose a new operative. And there's like this two-issue two arc about just like all the, the hell you have to go through to be like the single best like spy or whatever who doesn't have any superpowers to get on this team. That's the first part. And the second part is like the history of this this uh, this one kind of French spy. And it like goes back from, I don't know, like the War of 1812 or World War II or whatever. And like the same title has been like a French operative. You sold then. me. I'm going to go on eBay it's and buy it. It's so good. It'll cost me probably 12 bucks. Yeah. Well, you could, I think they're all collected. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't buy single issues and I haven't ah. for years. So, oh, wait, so it's even cheaper. I could just okay. borrow them from you uh, so and never return them. I got to tell you, you know half my comic collection got burned down in a fire years ago, right? Mm. So remember when I had a fire in my apartment. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that's in the half that I kept in half. Because I, I was looking for my Batwoman comics like two days ago. I don't have that. Uh, so Batwoman is so fantastic. That's also Greg Rucka, yeah. right? So he brought Batwoman back, made her a lesbian. She's like a spy, also a spy. Like, she gets an invitation to work for Batman Incorporated, but she's just, like, got a better offer. You never read Batwoman? It's so good. No, no. Unbelievable. So, so uh, this is how good it is. Grant Morrison is the biggest ego on the planet. Was writing Batman and Robin at the same time that Greg Rucka was writing. I'm oh, sorry, he's writing Batman at the same time that Greg Rucka was writing uh, Detective Comics, right? So then Grant Morrison kills Batman in Final Crisis, so there's no Batman to be had. And so... Gregor's like, all right, I'm just going to bring back Batwoman and she's going to be the star of Detective Comics for a year. Detective Comics, DC Comics stands for Detective Comics. It's like the yeah, flagship yeah, yeah. book. And they made it about like this. But it stood for the distinguished competition. Uh, well, that's how Marvel. <laughs> so anyway, so and it's it's utterly amazing how good it is. So, uh, so and then uh, Morrison reads like Ruckus comics. And he's like, shit, he's doing better Batman comics than I am with no Batman. So he's like, can I please borrow Batwoman for <laughs> Incorporated. Can I please borrow Batwoman for this this like two issue run of uh? Can she like maybe team up with Robin, <laughs> something in my Batman book, and like James Robinson of Starman's like, oh man, Batwoman's the best. Can I put her in the Justice League? Anyway, so, so all your favorite writers, well, all the yeah, so all the best writers yeah. were like in love with. I mean, of superhero, I mean, contemporary superhero <laughs> writers. Like, there are all, other writers who are good. All your favorite writers. Yeah, I mean those are pretty good writers. Yeah, James Robinson. So uh, so so oh, but anyway. I was re watching. So, at the beginning of early early half of Arrow, yeah. I was watching this thing where Arrow. To uh, sorry, Tommy Merlin calls Oliver a serial killer, right? Right. And I was thinking about this because I read an interview with Mark Wade just two weeks ago, and Mark Wade said the thing that Bill Jemis got wrong. He said Bill Jemis was good at everything. He's super smart, blah blah blah. He understood how to bring things from other industries that people are just resistant to. So, like, this is bad comics. This is bad comics. And he's like, I think Bill. Ro uh, sorry, Bill Jemis got a bad got a bad rep, right? You worked for Bill Jemis on multiple occasions, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Marvel and at other companies, yeah. right? And he's like, the guy's super smart, he understood everything. If people weren't so resistant, he probably could have made some positive change in the comics industry until he said that, why don't we just have the superheroes kill? And then he's like, well, then I was off the boat, right? And I didn't realize that if superheroes kill, they're just Dexter, right? Even if they're killing only bad sure. guys. I think it's okay if super spies kill, right? So. <laughs> Checkmate, you know, Suicide Squad, that's fine. Nobody's pretending that the Secret Six are the good guys, right? Right. So Catman will even say, we're like, they'll save somebody, like, oh, you're my hero, Catman. He's like, not a hero, just not as bad as the guy who was going to rape you, right? right? You know, like, and, you know, he'll go kill, kill, uh, you know, the bad guy, right? right? But when, you don't want Superman killing, right? Sure. You don't want... I mean, that's my, that's my big problem with the Superman movie. Oh, that he kills Zod. Yeah, I, um, I am not wrong. And, you know, and several million metropolins. You know, like there's, 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 there's zero chance that the Superman I grew up reading and go seeing in movies wouldn't have figured out a way to change the field of battle so that you know skyscrapers aren't falling on hapless metropolis citizens, and there's zero chance he would have killed Zod, and you know, and regardless of you know how you want you 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 know 
like you might want some revenge fantasy, like, well, he should kill him. You know, yeah. Batman should kill the Joker. Blah blah. blah. He that's can't, not, right? He can't, right? That's that's the idea. The idea is that there has to be a line. Well, there's this awesome arc in the Justice League TV show, right, where. Um, Lex Luthor is uh, responsible for the death of Wally West or something. Like, the, I think over the course of the second half of season two, what the paths of these two... And it's freaking awesome. You should go watch the Justice League cartoon. It's free on Netflix. Okay. You've never watched it? I don't, I don't think I've watched enough of it. I've watched some of it. The first two seasons are not that good, but what, they're actually okay. There's a lot of good stuff. Like, when like the when Earth goes to war with Thanagar, yeah. there's this awesome scene where uh, the Justice League are on the run, and no one wants to, like, take off their masks or anything, because, like, they're, like, don't know who each other are. And, um, and like, Batman's like, this is not expedient. He just goes, Wally West, Clark Kent. Diana Prince, <laughs> like uh, uh, John Stewart, and he just like points at the other Justice League members, and they're like, "Huh?" And he's like, "World's greatest detective." And he takes off his mask. He's like, "We have to go into hiding." Like, it's just this awesome scene. He just like points at everyone and just says their secret identity. <laughs> so, uh, on a tangent. Yeah. Oh, a tangent. On yeah. a tangent. Welcome to the Top Eight Magic Podcast. I'm Brian David Marshall. This is Michael J. Flores. Mike, what are we talking about this week? I think Cube. You want to talk about Cube? I do. Sure. So, Legacy, I didn't realize there, were, there was like this gap between Legacy Cube and, and, Holiday, Cube. and Holiday Cube. So I like took time off, like I have all this accrued vacation I just never use. I yeah. mentioned it a couple times. And I was just like, oh, I'm just going to take a, I'm actually on it right now. Right? I was like, two weeks, I'm just going to go into the office and just checking email or whatever. Yeah, but, it's so early, the motorcycle's not even parked oh, across yeah. the street. So I, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to draft all day. Oh, there was no drafts to be had. I'm like, what am I going to do with my day? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wasn't very good at Legacy. I was surprisingly not that good at Legacy Cube. I was pretty good at Legacy Cube. I, I don't think I only won, like, two or three. I, I won, so I had... Red Red was a little worse than the Legacy Cube. Well, so I only draft... I drafted it a bunch of times, but I 2 won every single time except for once that I won with. Yeah. The first cube, I, I, I opened a Vidalcan Shackles. Which usually I'll just take that over anything in non-Holiday Cube. So I took it. I won a draft with a very good blue-green deck. Then... Um, then I had like this weird draft where I think like, and then I, I forced red the next time I went two one. I was pissed that I went two one because my opponent had like I thought I was gonna beat him and I thought I was gonna have this sweet sweet scenario where I was gonna kill my own guy to stop the lifelink on his batter skull, which is like that's like my signature move or whatever. But he just like kept drawing like very thin outs to beat me. And then he like made the wrong block and I'm like yes I mean when he's like then he changes the right block and I'm like because like there's no difference between like. Two different four power attackers I have. Except one of them I can kill on, on the attack, yeah, and the yeah. other one I can't. So I don't have landfall or something. It's a, it's a weird scenario. So then I was like, oh, I'm so mad. But it was like one in the morning, so then I had like a bad idea draft. <laughs> then I had this complete shit show reanimator draft. I'm, I'm, we'll forget about that one. Then I two won to every other Legacy Cube draft I did, and I did a lot. And then, yeah. and then I won the last one I played, I think. Uh, probably with a blue deck. I didn't draft red. I mean, I guess I drafted red like a bunch of times. I stopped recording them though. Uh, I just do one every one. So, holiday cube. I think I, I, I might have had one bad idea draft, but I think I, I won my last three drafts with all different decks. Okay. So I. Although the red, the red decks very good in the holiday cube. I gotta tell you, the only time I've drafted it, I went one two in a Swiss draft. <laughs> so, we won't talk about that. Okay. Hey, I was playing a Swiss draft, so <laughs> doing a one two is not impressive. Oh, but I think that was the only time. Um, uh, I had a sweet mono blue deck. Oh, exactly, it wasn't that sweet, because uh, like I had no power cards. So I was just like a good mono blue deck with like, uh, it's weird when you're drafting non-red deck, you take things like, count. I took memory lapse really high. Reman, memory lapse, counterspell, you take higher than bomb cards. And sure. it's like, oh, I'm just gonna win this game with like my Sower and my Vidalcan Shackles. Better to not lose, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I won that, that one was tight, because. Most of my opponents had better cards than me. I just counterspelled their Yawgmus will or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last two drafts I won, I had survival decks both times. Man, it was fun playing survival decks. Survival, I, yeah, I saw that. You you decked someone with survival uh or Yeah, so like uh, it was actually the second round, so I won the first round. My survival decks were, like, super powerful. But then, like, the second round, my opponent, like, has first turn land tax all three games. But I had elf all three games. So... I would just like just played an elf and I was just attacking him with the elf, force him to play a second land. Then I would do something, right. you know, with three mana that was like fairly strong. Right, right. Then like you make him play a long game, so he's like fine. Like even like third game he goes like, well second game he enlightened tutored for for land tax maybe. Third game he enlightened tutors for moat. He moats me, and at this point I've already used both my Indrik Stompaller and my Reclamation Sage. Yeah. Both of them. Those are my outs to to to. Uh, 
uh, enchantment artifacts, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, this is no problem. I will, I had Jedi active already, so I had two counters on Jedi. So I'm like, I will just Jedi my Reclamation Sage and at some point get Eternal Witness or or uh, Kozilek to get it back, right. break his moat and kill him in one attack. Right, right. But then he immediately plays Baneslayer Angel. Oh. He can attack, I can't, right? right? So instead I'm forced to, I'm forced, right? So I'm forced to uh, survival for for Inferno Titan, tighten his Baneslayer Angel for three, and then Jidei it to death. Because he's gonna kill my Garrick, right? Sure, so I have sure. a Garrick that's going big, right? It's Garrick six. So, or kill me, right? I have no defense, right? So. Then he, so I'm like, he has no cards in hand at this point. So I'm like, and I have like seven cards in hand I'm discarding and a survival and a Garrick in play, okay? So I'm like, I'm probably gonna win this game. He immediately plays, immediately plays uh, the three, four uh, Archangel of Thune, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, this is so stupid. Cause I have a lot of Flame Tongue Kabu in my deck. I'm like, I could just Flame Tongue Kabu my Ingress Town Howler, eventually get it back with <laughs> Eternal Witness or, or, uh, or Kozilek, right? So then I'm like, all right, Garrick for, Garrick, I think he kills my survival, maybe. I guess I don't have my survival access. So I'm like, so I'm like, Garrick for, you know, five cards, get my Flame Con Kavu, and I'll like, play Flame Con Kavu, kill his, kill his thing. And then he's just like, why do you even do that? You're gonna deck. I'm like, whatever. So next turn, I just Garrick again, go up to a bazillion cards, go move to discard stuff, discard my Kozilek. And he just starts going like ape shit <laughs> on the other side. I eventually, so then I eventually figure out that I can find my Huntmaster of the, of the, Master of the Wild Hunt. Yeah. And then Master of the Wild Hunt, my own Reclamation stage, eventually get back my survival, survival the Reclamation. I mean, at this point I have so much power in play. Sure, sure. It doesn't even matter if he has like a Wrath every turn for the rest of the game. When you have like super active Garrick. Yeah, yeah. Like I have like a sword and a Jide. Like that yeah. deck was fun. So last night I drafted this deck. So tell me the first pick, the reasonable first picks are Survival of the Fittest, Manival and Remand. This is the strength of this Manival. Manival? Manival. Thought about it a long time, took survival. Um, you like know. The thing, thing about to me about this this cube is that you just want to do broken things as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's why you take the survival. Su so. Survival, survival, survival. I, I agree that survival is the next pick. Yeah. But to, to me, like, you just want to, you just want you just want that fast mana. So I'll, I'll tell you this. I think that I'm really happy that I took the survival instead of the instead of the manival. Despite the fact that I just won, right? So I yeah. won the draft. So the survival ended up being good for me. That's not yeah. that's not a proscriptive answer yeah. as to whether or not it's right. It's that in pack three, I saw the same tinker twice, which means that if I had taken the mana vault, there was nothing to get with it. Sure. If I saw the same tinker twice, sure, and it, I didn't open it, so sure. it's like there was just nothing. If there had been, you know, a blight steel class, let me tell you though, when I saw that Voltaic key, I took it real quick because you <laughs> never know. So all my drafts that I don't win, I have like some sort of. I, do you always take time vault first pick? Yes. Over everything, right? Yes. Yeah. So I took it first pick, and I had, in, in one draft, I had a. Uh, a Voltaic and I think I only went 2-1. A Voltaic Key and a, and a Deceiver Exarch. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't put them, I think I was like a green deck or something, so yeah, there's yeah. no way to find them. So, but I, I, I just always, I'll hate, I'll hate draft the Time Vaults if I have to, uh, but I'll always take a key. So, tip number one for playing Holiday Cube. No matter what deck you are, unless you're taking an Ancestral Recall, or what is it? Would you take a lotus over a key, right? Probably. I think I would take a key over the lotus. It's possible. It's too dangerous to let the to, to get the let the yeah, key go. Yeah, I mean the lotus is so insane though. I, I guess lotus yeah, ancestor recall. I mean, uh, so time vault over everything. I, so first of all, here's here's the thing about I. So the most insane deck I've had with lotus. Yeah. Multiple times, and I don't I don't even remember the name of the card. Yeah. Is the new red planeswalker? Oh uh, yeah, I, the one who like he double so, loots. On his plus, double and then, loots on his plus, and, and then he like reverse and he tinkers. He goblin on his, tinkers yeah, uh, on his minus two. I've turned one him with Lotus. With Lotus, good multiple game. Times, he's insane. Yeah, <clears throat> he's that card is actually just insane. So, the first draft I had. So anyway, um, yeah, that card. But I, I've passed him every single time. He's just he has to be in a certain deck, right? You, you need to be in the red artifact deck. So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll tell you the, the the hint though, right? So you told me something a week ago. I, I have a revision on what you said, and I think that I'm going to force green instead of forcing anything else in this cube, yeah. and I'm sure that it's right. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. So survival, I'm happy with. So I rando take like 
not, you know, sight unseen, whatever there else there is. I just taken green dual lands if they were there to see yeah, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I wanted that's them. That's always, I think that's always a fine choice. Well, I, mean, I would take an elf over a green dual land. Yeah. I thought about this for a while because I've, I've drafted survival decks the last two times and I won both times. You, you generally will take a mox over most things, right? Right. I don't think a mox is much better than an elf. I think an elf is about as good as a mox. I, actually, I, I would almost argue that people have more hate for your mox. Yeah. People main deck their disenchants and their... I'm really appreciating green decks right now. Yeah. I think I think that elves are, like, very, very powerful. All right, so so I play I play the cube last night. Mm -hmm. My computer... Of course. Is, ...is crapping on me. Oh, okay. My computer's just crapping on me. Um, it's like it wants to update. It's doing something. I don't know what's going on. And I keep disconnecting in the first pack. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm getting all sorts of white screens uh. and all sorts of, and I'm like, God damn it. So I'm like, and I, I first picked a time walk, I think, and I like second picked something. I don't even remember now, maybe a dual land or a fetch land or something. And I'm like, oh, I got to restart my computer. I don't believe this. So yeah. I have to restart my computer. Go in. I get in somewhere like five picks into pack Oh, two. that's terrible. Hold Your head deck was insane. <laughs> So does do they have they worked something out? Where takes, like like once you disconnect, it just picks the same color card. So I will tell you, I think they must have because I disconnected in the draft that I won with blue, and I did not take the old man of the sea. I think it's I remember seeing it the first time around. Yeah. I, I remember like when this pack comes around, depending on what's left, this is my pick order, right? Yeah. And I would have taken the old man of the sea, and the old man of the sea was in my deck waiting for me when I disconnected. So by the way, I had never disconnected during a draft before the last month or so. Yeah, I disconnected in the draft three times on average right now, which is like disconnecting during, for a long time, I was disconnecting multiple times per hour, and I have a very good computer. I don't. Okay, <laughs> I have a very good computer that I bought just to play games. And by games, I mean, I only play Moto. Right. So I just play Moto. Like, I can live with that. But I'd never, I'd never disconnected during a multi-round tournament before. Yeah, yeah. So then I started disconnecting during multi-round tournaments. I'm disconnecting multiple times during drafts now, which is like, uh, I'm a yeah, little this, unhappy about yeah, that. I was, I was happy. But so here's the thing. So I come back in, <clears> and like, I had, and all of a sudden I have Hero of Bladehold, yeah. Brimaz, uh, Cloud Goat Ranger, uh, Armageddon, Ravages of War. That, oh, so you have the cards that make it worth playing white. <laughs> yes. So it's like, I'm like, wait, what happened? I, and so, so my deck ends up yeah. being white-green. Which I mean, I obviously don't want it. That's not my preference in the cube. But I end up having four elves. Yeah, I was going to say. Two, and two Armageddon. If you have four elves, I was going to say, if you have four elves and two Armageddon, that's probably a pretty good deck. Well, you had no it's, power cards, though. I had a Mock Sapphire. And a, and a Lotus. And No, I didn't have a Lotus. I had a Mock Sapphire. I had a Time Walk. Could you play it? Um, I, so I ended up being green white. I had pretty good mana. I had, uh, I had a Tropical Island, <coughs> Misty Rainforest. And then I had Mystical Tutor for Armageddon. So, but what's your what's your blue splash off of? Do you have I like was, a breeding had, pool or something? I had a breeding pool, a misty rainforest, and a tropical isle. But no, but how do you get them though? Did you have like winds by peace, something like that? Yeah, I have, I have misty rainforest. That's a fetch. Oh, oh, I, I got yeah, yeah, yeah. which one of those. Oh yeah, that's all right. Yeah, and I also had a green white fetch land too. Okay. And I had uh, and I had a mock sapphire. You win this draft? I uh, I lost in the finals. Uh. I lost the finals, but it was insane. I played against the red deck, and he's like he's got goblin guide, and then he. Plays sulfuric vortex. He yeah. goes like Jackalpop, Goblin Guide, sulfuric vortex, and I go Elf, Brimas, Armageddon. Yeah. So I, how do you think that worked out for him? Not well. <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't think anyone has won more drafts with the red deck than me yeah. on, the, on the planet. Yeah. I think at this yeah. point, like yeah. I just try to draft it all the time. Like whenever there's cube, I just cube all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I usually just force red. I can. I think that sulfuric vortex is the single most overrated card in red draft. I think it's like actively bad, at least like. Fifty percent of the time. Yeah, the, the thing is, if they have any kind of reset button, it can be like. In I the, guess any mid-rangey deck, I actually find the card to be pretty bad. My so in the blue draft that I won, my opponent sulfuric. I, I could have countered his sulfuric vortex. <laughs> I just let him have it. I look look at the board. I'm like, wow, he can just have this thing. I'm like, I looked at my board and I'm like, I have a mute. I neither of us has a creature. I have a mutavault on the on the board and like, like a venser in my hand. Yeah. And like a frost titan and yeah. neither of us is a creature so i'm just like all right you can have that right yeah. and i'm just like venture your venture your like come into play tapped pain land yeah, yeah. eot swing for four then i like the next so the problem was the next turn i uh tapped out for i just attacked my venture and then like tapped out for frost titan and he and i had like 
I had two mana, like, I got enough mana that I could have just attacked with my two two twos with, like, you you up. But, like, I didn't have a counter spell, so I was like, no point. And then he just, like, force spikes my my Frostite and time walks. Yawgmoth's wills. <laughs> time walks again. And, I mean, I then it has, like, a bazillion goblin tokens in play at the end of the turn. And I was just like, I'm like, uh, what are my outs here? And I'm like, I actually had outs still. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I can't remember what my outs were, but I'm like, I need to draw something. There's 16 tokens in play. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm at 14. To live through the turn, I need X, right? Yeah. So, but to win the game, Inferno I need... Titan. No, I was mono blue. Oh, okay. So I was just like, so I was like, if I draw X, I can get out. And I was just thinking like, okay, like, so we're not good enough, right? Like Upheaval? I didn't have upheaval. Like, I was just playing a blue yeah. control deck. Yeah, yeah. I, but I had an out. And I, uh, oh, it was Cryptic Command. I was like, if I draw Cryptic Command, uh, if I draw Cryptic Command, I probably win, right? right yeah. <laughs> like, command your guys, attack for six, right? right? Untap, you know, and then he's like, so he's, he'll die to the Sulfuric Vortex. I've been bashing right, him. Right, right, right. But anyway, I didn't win that game, but I won, I won the match. But yeah, Sulfuric Vortex is like, I just let him have it. I was like, so not worried about this. Especially when he time walked, yeah. he took all this damage <laughs> from his own Vortex. So, so two cards I've never played together. Yeah. And probably will never play together again because I hope to not disconnect during the draft. A Hero Blade Hold and Time Walk are a sweet combo. I would play those together. I mean, like, I don't think I've ever played a white creature deck in any version of the cube. I once tried to draft a black creature deck, but then I just, like, lost heart the black, in the middle. The black, the black creature deck is so... You're like, Vampire last... Oh, kill me. Oh, um, but, like... The black... The, you, you try to draft the black creature deck, and then you always get, like, a... Like a like a, a Baleful Strix or something like that, and you become, like, recurring Nightmare deck. Okay, so and when I played Legacy Cube, I drafted blue-black almost every time. Yeah. I think I only won one draft of blue-black, but I 2 one I 2 one like, six times with it, and I was pissed every time I lost in the final. I was just like, oh, I should have won, I should have won. Like, they just had, like, some narrow thing. Right. Um, but the ones, you know who I hate losing to? People who, like, like their deck is a disaster. They have a bunch of good cards and no mana to fix it. They just hit their <laughs> just basics. Perfect. Oh my god! They, I, just, they just play that unhinged mountain like, island and plains. My wife is always as we sit next to each other. She'll like she'll be working or we'll watch the TV or whatever. And I'm sitting there. She's like, "Why are you always so angry?" And the answer is always there. I'm like, "About to lose to an idiot, right?" And it's just like, and then like last night she's like, "Well, she's like, are you mad?" I'm like, "No, I'm like, no, I beat this guy, but he was pretty good, and I wouldn't have minded losing to him, right?" So anyway, the draft I had last night. So I, I, I took, like, a super high Genesis Wave. Genesis Wave is a card that's often there with, like, three cards left in yeah, the pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, like, took it super high. And so my deck was, like, two one-mana elves, secure a tribe elder, uh, Yavimaya elder, which I took super high also. I took it over, like, some insane card. Um, I don't remember what card it was, but it was a card that would have made my, my deck. Yeah, yeah. I took... Oh, so here's one. just Genesis wave into Sakura Tribe Elder and Yavimaya elder? Uh, I mean, once I, once I Genesis waved into... Zealous Conscripts Kiki Jiki. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. I had a seven in my deck. I could have played both my swords. I sided in my my Sword of Feast and Famine every single match because I played against Black Deck, Black Deck, Green Deck in the finals. So I never, I didn't start it though. I'm like, I really wanted to play it, but I'm like, my deck is, has like a seven. I have, I had Black Green Garrick. So I'm like, I should really should play seven. I'm playing a four color deck. I should really play the 17th land. So like the previous draft, I only played 16 lands, and I was pretty close a lot of the time. I mulliganed a yeah, lot. Yeah. Um, so, but I sided in the green black sword every time. Um, but so in the finals, uh, I beat this. So my opponent had fast Pelucranos, fast Thrun, and you say nobody beats a Thrun. I beat the Thrun. <laughs> he had to like tap out. So I like swung my Stomp Howler, and he's like, I won't trade my Thrun with the Stomp Howler. And then, like, I took some insane turn the next turn. Oh, I had an Ancestral in this deck, right? Yeah. So I took first pick Ancestral in, in pack three, and I'm like, I have a Circlera Tribe Elder, a Breeding Pool that I took, like, second pick in pack one. Right. And I'm like, if I get a Sack Land, like, this is going to be insane. Oh, and I also did the, yeah, my Elder, right? right, right. So one game, I, my opponent just conceded when I went, like, uh, Ancestral Recall, Untap, Eternal Witness. And he just didn't even put on the stack. He just, like, <laughs> immediately go to game two. That was sweet. Uh, but so in the final, so I kept... I kept Elves of Deep Shadow six lands in the last game of the finals, but I had everything, right? So I had my mountain, I had a sack land, I had a bayou. I had, so I was like, let's get there. So he has like a really good draw. He's got like, he gets a fast Garrick six. At the point that the game's about to end, Garrick six is about to go ultimate. Because I've, I've only drawn <laughs> Elf this game. He's like Black Lotus, like all his like insane stuff. Like he didn't have a Plugernosis. Uh, he, he would have killed my thing. But he's cast Green Sun Zenith three times, so he plays a fourth time, stays the same Green Sun Zenith, 
gets the six, six or seven casting cost guy that destroys an artifact or destroys a non-creature and then it has persist to destroy a non-creature again. What's the name of that guy? Yeah. You know that guy? He's huge. It's like six six or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Woodfall Primus. Yeah. So he gets that thing to kill my genesis uh, to kill my gilded lotus. I'm like ah. Uh. So I have a, uh, I have a survival citizen in play, but I have not drawn a second creature this game. Oh no no, no. a third creature. I played I played uh, a master of the wild hunt, which is the only reason I'm still alive, yeah, yeah, right? So he's like been picking off elves, like chump blocking three three things. So. Master of the Wild Hunt, I think, by is the way, is an underrated, underrated card. card. I think underrated card in, in Legacy and uh, Holiday Cube. So I draw not a creature, I draw Primal Command. But he has just killed my Gilded Lotus. I'm like, oh, this is the worst. I'm like, Primal Command gain seven life was my my play, right? So and then get a creature, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, go. So then so I'm I'm up some he has he's uh about, so he ultimates his Garrick, right? And the worst thing is, if I had enough mana, if he didn't kill my Guild Lotus, I would have Primal Commanded for Zealous Conscripts, taken his Garrick, ultimated it, and made DI-6-6s, and then I would not have been in any danger of losing, but I didn't have enough mana to do it because he killed my Guild Lotus. So, he has, like, an awesome attack force, like, huge guys and a bunch of them. I have, like, literally a hunt ma a wild Master of the Wild Hunt and, uh, and one Wolf to defend myself. And he previously um, made a some sort of cloning thing, the artifact clone, to copy my Master of the Wild Hunt. So he killed all of my elves before I had enough wolves to kill his Master of the Wild Hunt. But this was a terrible game for me. So he's ultimated Garrick, has like a bazillion power in play. So I gain seven life just to stay alive and get a creature, right? So I'm like, I'm just in chump block mode. Go, going into combat, I'm like survival, survival for Deceiver Exarch. Deceiver Exarch, your Woodfall Primus. So I don't have to block his 6-6, six, six. block to stay alive. And then, like, last thing, use my, use, like, the last activation I'm ever going to have with this Master of the Wild Hunt to kill his, to kill his, um, uh, uh, shardless agent to stay on two, right? So I'm like, I know where this game's going to go. So I have a mountain and, like, a taiga in play or whatever. And I, and my, and my hand is, like, uh, Shivenry, right? So I'm like, any creature. I'm like, draw Indrix Tompowler. I'm like, good enough. Get Kiki Jiki. Play this one life. <laughs> Kiki Jiki. Uh, Deceiver X, he's like, how did this happen? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know, dude, your deck was great. Like, <laughs> it's like, I just played really well. <laughs> All right. I so, mean, after keeping <laughs> Elf Six Lands, would you keep Elf Six Lands in the deck I described? No. That's just like, what no. if I just draw? No. Not, not in the wide, wide world of Fabiano's would I ever keep that hand. I mean, I smashed him game one. Like, here's, you know, I might keep my that hand. My tech is really good. I might keep that hand playing for fun with my friends where I have to actually physically shuffle my cards. Oh, yeah. In a world where I can click a button and shuffle? No. One of the games I was playing, my opponent was black-white, and, like, I just I just got my sword, and then I just, like, had an elf, and I'm like, elf for green, play my sword, sword my kiki-jiki so that it's black-green, right? So I'm like, if you have, like, a terror, you can't kill my kiki-jiki if you have one in your hand. Yeah. And then I'm just like... Um, pernicious deed, pernicious deed away all your bitter blossom tokens, your bitter blossom, but leave your necropotence. <laughs> Let's see if you can beat a Kiki Jiki wearing a sword <laughs> with a necropotence in play. <laughs> so, uh, so you like Holiday Cube more than you like Legacy Cube? I mean, I won my last three drafts. It's hard not to like, and I, I didn't win any of them. I, with the I, red. I, I like like I like the Legacy Cube more than I, I don't love the Holiday. The Holiday Cube feels a little too. I lost almost a little too volatile for my taste. I lost almost a hundred points playing Legacy Cube, and that's going to one almost every draft. It's hard to, it's hard to be happy with that. I told you when I get to nineteen hundred, then I'm going to start to put, try to play this with the Pro Tour again. Okay. That's my goal. Okay. And I have to do it all in cubes because I won't play real, <laughs> real draft formats. No, you um, like you like make the plays, right? Yeah, sure. Do I like make the plays? You like make the plays. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So two players. Uh, Obzon versus Obzon Limited. Yeah. Uh, one of the players is four collar, but he has no wrath effects, no dead drop, no like sweeping removal. He's at one. He's facing off against two Obzon guides. Which one? That's the lifelink guy. Yeah, or like an Obzon guide, another big guy, yeah. and something else. And he's it's at like one. Three creatures. He's at one. What creatures does this guy have? He has nothing, nothing in, play, in play, and he's got nine men. Yeah. No cards in hand. What can he draw? He's just straight obs on. No, no, he's four color. He's, oh, he's, he's four color. He's slashing blue. Okay. It starts with Cruz, I guess. He draws Villainous Wealth. <laughs> oh. Villainous Wealth is his opponent for six. Yeah. Hits an obs on guide. Yeah. Two other creatures and 
see the unwritten. This <laughs> is a real thing that that's happened. That's a real thing. It happened at the World, at the world Magic Cup in, uh, in the Team Limited portion. That's awesome. Did he win? He did. He did. Um, like, it has to be Ob's on guide. It has to be, you know, it's, it, was, it was actually pretty insane. I mean, they wanted to make the draw step exciting. They that's, were successful with that. Villainous Wealth's an exciting card. I think it'll ever be actually good. I, I, I can't imagine that it's not somewhat good and, like, that there's matchups where you want one. I, I still believe that. Like, I still think it's a fine sideboard card. But so, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not playing enough standard right now to, to be sure. Are you, uh... I play about 20 games of standard today. Am I going to see least. you? Am I going to see you on Sunday? No, but I'm going to play, I think. I'm playing in the Super IQ on Sunday, I think, in Brooklyn. What? It's a, it's a, I don't know anything about Cons Limited. My EV is, like, three and two in Cons Limited. My EV playing standard on the same day that there's Wait, a PPTQ in the same city is to win the tournament, and it's a $1,000 tournament. Wait, it's a $1,000? It's a $1,000 tournament. First prize is $400, and I need three points to qualify for the Invitational. Top eight is three points. I don't even have to win the tournament. If oh, I wow. win the tournament, I'm going to spike the hell out of this. Wow. I play about 20 games of standard a day, and I'm really good at standard right now. I won the last standard tournament I played in. Yeah. I'm like, like the last two standard... Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I won the last standard tournament I, I, I played in, and I cashed the standard tournament I played in before that. What? So, uh, I mean, I just... My EV on playing in this tournament, then I don't have to play in any random stupid opens to qualify for the to qualify for the invitation. Sure, sure, sure. Right, that's the thing. So otherwise, I'm going to end up having to... So I talked to P-Sully, and there's no reasonable opens on the schedule that I can see. I'm going to have to go to, like... Baltimore, Indianapolis, sure. to try to chase three points to play sure, the invitation. Sure, sure, That's just sure. crazy, right? And I'm when not going to. The there's four of them, right? Oh. Okay. But like, I could play. I probably if there's going to be, there's presumably one in New Jersey that hasn't been announced yet, right? Which I would probably play in. So you, but I would you, play quali in, you qualify, and that qualifies you for any one you want to. play Yes, for any one I want to play. You could hold your yes. invite. I almost tried to. You spike. cash it in though, right? Yeah. So like, it's gone at the end of the season. But I'm, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, it goes away, okay. or you can use it, right? Okay. I mean, unless you're Tom Ross, then you just like. Chain yeah, invitational yeah, yeah. wins or whatever, right? So, um, the, uh, but I mean, like, the invitation I likely want to play in. So, they, they've announced them all the way up through June already, and there's no reasonable place for me to sure. play in anywhere. Like, so what am I going to fly to Columbus and chase no, three no, points? No, no, no. no, you drive there overnight, like, you, like, it's old school. I mean, like, I mean, this is not, but if I just, like, win this super IQ, right? I can Who, take, who's running that? Alex. Oh, okay. But the thing is, I think that because... Is he running it at the store? I think so. The scene of the crime? Look, there's a PPTQ is this... Matt Jones going? The same day, okay? First of all, any of the players who I think... So I'm playing in the PPTQ. Yeah. PPTQ. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm... Or pre-TQ is the better one. Yep. Let's call it a pre-TQ. Pre-TQ. I'm playing in the pre-TQ. It's, uh, it's only 100 players. I think they're capped at 100 players. Um, prizes are pretty good. Like everyone in the top eight gets a box. But top, no, who cares? Winning, winning is three boxes. All that matters is getting yeah. the is getting the envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Paying so. out prizes to top forty eight. Yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking like, about uh, attendance. I want as I want as much dead packs there as possible. Fair enough. That's true. That's good. I guess that matters to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this is the deck I'm probably gonna play. I've I've not I've not played enough concealed though. I'm actually I I I think I think that like. Like you look at Reed Duke, yeah. Like, like obviously Reed Duke's better than most people at everything. Yeah. But like he actually plays a ton of sealed. Sealed. Yeah. Like I think sealed is, is like, a very, specific skill set. I'm I'm a little nervous about that. The thing I'm afraid. I, don't know, I, I I may just play some sealed between now and then on on Magic Online. I'm a historically. I hate building sealed decks on Magic Online. Above average sealed deck player. Like even I played in the one sealed deck PTQ for Pro Tour Journey into Knicks. I was like a game out of top eight, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that you, Seal Deck is a pretty easy skill set in terms of building decks. But the, the reason I'm not confident in playing a cons limited tournament is I don't know what the tricks are, right? So like sure. certain things like, oh, I should definitely play this one card, but I didn't know it was good in combat sure. or something. Or like, I don't know what to play around during combat. That's what I'm not sure. good at. So, um, I mean, you just look like, make a pile with all your rares and mythic rares. Well, yeah, I mean, I and know like, how to do that. Like that's how, you, and it's, this is a three color format, so. I just I just need to wingmate rock this format out, right? So, so this is the deck I'm probably gonna play. I'll tell you the deck. Okay. okay. So this is standard. So you're standard, gonna play standard, standard. I'm gonna play standard. So my deck has one evolving wilds, one I think one planes, but I might make a second planes. Ten mountains, 
and then 12 red white dual lands. Okay. So I super bias my deck towards mountains, okay. even though it has 18 white cards and 18 red cards, because okay. you need to have so basic so mountains. You're playing in play. the Sam Black, a variant of the Sam Black. I'll deck? tell you my deck. All right. Right. I have All one right. Evolving Wilds in my deck. Okay. Four Taylor Swift Spear. Yeah. Tam played how many? He, he played one Taylor Swift Spear. He played one, yeah. I, okay. thought, I thought maybe it was two, but it didn't. No, he played five, four Taylor Swift Spear. Yeah. Four, uh, four Secret Can we just way. call it Carrie Swift Boat? No. I mean, <laughs> no, we do. Um, four, uh, Seeker of the Way. Okay. Three Brimaz. Okay. He didn't mop any of the Brimaz. No, no, no. I think I have three, I, I have three Heliod's Pilgrim, but I might play four because it's the best card. Card's very good. One, one, um, Even one. You can only get the Chain to the Rocks. One Dragon Mantle. Sam had okay. a Dragon Mantle. Oh, yeah, yeah, Four yeah. Chain to the Rocks. Yeah. Uh, and then four, four Wingmate Rock. Right. Uh, and then the twelve card burn sweep. You, and you're not so you're, you're the eidolon of countless battles is is off counting somewhere else. But like what's I mean I just don't understand how I would play that card instead of Brimaz. Brimaz is like unbeatable. Like Patrick remade his Abzan deck to play Brimaz, which is a white white three card. Right, right, right. And like consider the power level of what you could be playing against. I like I have a good matchup against most of the decks people play. Um, it's not my favorite deck in standard. But I'm very good at this deck. No, so. no, no way to get uh, Jeskai Ascendancy into this deck. No, but it has a really good matchup against Jeskai Ascendancy. Oh, it's really? one of the reasons I want to play it. Yeah. I mean, you know the funny thing about the, the just, I mean, Brimaz versus just straight up battling. Yeah. Brimaz versus versus uh, Hordling Outburst is a good matchup, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have four Deicides in my sideboard. I'm not playing Deicide instead of a race. So there's like upside on Deicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm, I'm playing Scouring Sands in my sideboard. Four. Oh, that's kind of sweet. That's really good if your opponents are playing tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, right. although if they go, you know, you, you know, it's it's really impossible to, to beat get, their blowout draws. To beat that blowout draws, you yeah. can beat their blowout draws. You can either, you can kill all their. No, creatures. you're never you're never you're never scouring sending their guys. Is what I'm you, saying. Their mana is usually tapped on their own turn. That's a problem, right? I, sure. So the people get into trouble. Uh, I guess I guess it, I guess in Brooklyn on a day where everyone who wants to go to the Pro Tour is at the PPTQ. Okay. This is my this is my experience. You might, you when you you did well with this deck, yeah. right? People didn't know what was going on yet, right? Yeah. So, but by the way, just so I gotta give I gotta give credit. Yeah. So, I know you, you, you. This is obviously you used deck. Do you know who had almost like within a handful of cards of this deck? Okay, the handful the was really important. Yeah, the handful is really important. But Kevin Jones. No, Matt Ferrando. Kevin Jones made top eight of an open with yeah, a super similar aggro. No, no, I'm saying, but Ferrando, Ferrando <clears throat> gave this, I think, to GCB for the Pro Tour. He was like, oh, yeah? here's this deck. It's just Sky Ascendancy Tokens. I think it's insane. Um, you know, it needs a little work. Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's interesting. We can't make it work. Okay. So, Ferrando but to give good ideas. Credit, yeah, Ferrando. You know a card I really want to play with that nobody plays yet? Uh, God of the Polis. The Faro. Okay. Card oh, seems yeah. good. The, hard... well, that's the draw cards and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good if you're playing Raise the Alarm. Yeah, it really is. But you can't get the thing is getting pips online is hard, right? Because like most of your permanents don't actually have pips attached to them. Yeah, and then I, I mean I, well, I guess you're you're not looking you're just looking for some engine. I mean, get drawing cards is cool, but like, it's just drawing cards if you're not if you don't actually have the indestructible body. Yeah. I think it's it's less attractive. So. Here's the deck that I think you'll think is insane. So I'm super impressed playing, playing this red-white deck that I made, right? Yeah. Um, that has, it's just basically like a red-white aggro deck that's not a crazy idol on a council battle deck with Heliod's Pilgrim, which I think might be, is a top five card in standard. It's insanely good. Wow. It's really, really good. It's like, for four mana, can it's you. expect a, a Pilgrim's uh, <laughs> podcast from Next Level Podcast? Yeah, into, into. We were going to do it this week, but like, uh, <laughs> But it'll be more apropos when I win the sure. PPTQ sure. or whatever, I mean, the IC, Super IC, Q, whatever. So, so uh, is that just a sick? Is you call a sick, that just a yeah, sick? Yeah, sick, a sick, yeah, a sick. sick. Sickest sick ever. Win. Sick win. Um, but no, yeah, but then uh, Whip Dex did so well. Yeah. And then also Patrick wanted to do um, a Whip podcast after Worlds because it was, that's the deck who beat him in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the most played deck in the standard portion. Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, well, I'd rather just focus on... I think Treasure Cruise is important to talk about, so that's what we talked about instead. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, which I don't know how is that possible, uh, Patrick Chapin and I have a podcast called Top Level Podcast, and we usually just focus on one standard card or deck per week. And Brian's asking if we're going to focus on Heliod's Pilgrim, and I think we eventually definitely will. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I was so impressed playing Heliod's Pilgrim in standard. I'm like, well, what if we just play this with all the best cards? So what about... What do you, I figured it out. It's Abzan with Heliod's Pilgrim. One mountain that you get off of uh, 
off of uh, Evolving Wilds. But you, can, I th you can probably find it other ways. It, if I had my deck in front of me, I would be able, be able to remember yeah. how to find the mountain. But instead of the Dragon Mantle, which you have in the red-white version, I have two Nylea's Presence. And I started with four Nylea's Presence. Ooh. Just play Nylea's Presence on the second turn to fix your lands. Wait, that also makes a mountain. Yes. So, like, I, I, what I've been doing is taking screenshots of my end games because I think this deck is advantaged against every archetype right now. Okay. It's really, really good, but, I mean, I'm not sure if I have the balls to play it in a serious tournament. That's the thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually own yeah, every... Have you, have you pilgrimed for a Nylea's Presence? Many times. <laughs> so, like, oftentimes you'll see that the end game will have, like, will have, like, a, a wooded foothills that's wearing... A single Nylea's presence and like three or four chain to the rocks, and it's a wooded foothills that's tapping for green or it's like tapping for white or whatever, right? It's insane. You're just like Nylea's presence, and you just tap itself. It fixes all of your your men. I started with four Nylea's presence. I thought it was really good. Right. So my deck is four Sylvan Carry added, four Corsair of Crufix, four uh, Heliad's Pilgrim, uh, one Whip of Erebos. I have and no what most of the Gilead Pokemon is getting Chain, Chain to the Rocks. Yeah. Four Chain to the Rocks, four, uh, four Sea Drino, four Eidolon of Blossoms. You also have the Wooded Foothills to get your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what you I'm saying. You, yeah, yeah, there are four of those. Um, uh, so, so you have, you have five, you have five, you have six mountains essentially. Well, how many foothills do you play? Four foothills. So you have, you have right, so you have five mountains there with mountain, one mountain. I, have, I think two Evolving Wilds. So, so that's seven. Uh, seven. And, and then, then you have two Nylea's Presence, so yeah. that's nine. And, there's, and, and the four billions built. And there's no actual red spells in the deck. So getting the mountain isn't that hard. It's not that critical. The only thing that's critical is if you have like a bunch of, of Chain of the Rocks in your hand and right. no mountain. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awkward sometimes. Right. So four Eidolon of Blossoms, four Doomwake Giant. Oh, jeez. I yeah. love this deck. Yeah, so it's, a, it's actually a constellation. I'm going to play this on Magic Online It's tonight. a constellation-based deck. Oh, and the end game is two Karametras. So Karametra... It's really easy to get it online because you have all these white pips from Heliod's Pilgrim and Chain of the Rocks and Banishing Light. Right. This deck, first of all, this deck is actually pretty insane, right? So, like, if, once you get going, like, right, turn, right, starting right. turn three, every card you play is a two-for-one. Right. You're just like, Heliod's Pilgrim, two-for-one you. Like, or, like, you're like, Eidolon of Blossoms, Heliod's Pilgrim, Heliod's Pilgrim gets a land. I'm in. Like, gonna, then you two-for-one them. Every single player, you're like, three this, cards You got to send me this deck okay. when you go home. I'm going to play it tonight on my online. Uh, it's, okay. I'm, I... I'm I'm done. I'm up to here with Holiday Cube. So, yeah. well, so I'm thinking like if you think that it's good, maybe I'll just play it on Sunday. Then I actually own all the cards, right? So I mean, you should. I own Karametra. <laughs> just to so you know, I was just like, I think this deck might be good. I buy Karametra. Like, there's zero chance anyone there can beat someone who plays a two point every turn. I played against Jeskai Ascendancy a bunch, and I always win. I mean, you have you have Doomwake Giant, which is very and good Banishing Light. Them. Yeah, which is very so Banishing Light's good against against yeah uh, against uh, right. You can stay on on turn and yeah. deal with Jeskai Ascendancy if they play Ascendancy. I mean, you beat any regular deck. Like your opponent has to be like an over the either actually it's good against super fast decks because you're just like wall thing that's good at blocking thing that's good at blocking Doomwake Giant. Right. And then you're just like, I mean, I'm just I just do not have too much pride to go like Helios Pilgrim. And then get a probably magic podcast. Uh, <laughs> and get like a, a chain to the rocks to kill like their, you know, satyr hoplite. Like literally, just like whatever garbage thing they have, I'll just do it because like you just have so much momentum. This is the velocity. Right. The, the best part about that was yes. that was like a blue panel van that just pulled up about a foot from us. First of all, with with a guy. In a Rasta hat who looked to be about 134 years old. Oh, he had like a white, he's a black man with a white beard, yes. Yeah. And and just like, he just like looked at us like, Topic Magic Podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, he has a, certainly the back of that blue panel van was just dozens and dozens of dead children, right? <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like and, this and, and a huge puff of smoke. <laughs> well, that's what killed the children. Uh, <laughs> is there a t-shirt that has like a picture of Taylor Swift? And it says like, don't forget what hap what happened to Becky. Is this it? You were... yes. There's like a meme about a yeah, girl yeah, who yeah. took one puff of weed and then died. Yeah, yeah, something like that. that. You can't. That can't actually happen to you, can it? That you take one puff of weed. I and mean, die. you can. It could be weed and arsenic. I ah, guess. Fair enough. So anyway, you like this deck idea, right? I do. I, love I need this. to I, fix. I, I'm actually, like, 
want to end the podcast and go home and play this deck. Yeah, it's it feels really good. I gotta yeah. say, like maybe I, I think I, I think I, I loved. I mean, like it was. It's weird. Like the 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 thing is, can you beat the whip decks? I think so. Like, like what, so what the, parts do you think matter in the matchup? Like, I have I I have four Siege Rhinos, which is as right. good. They're high end as like Siege Rhino and Doom Lake Giant. Right. I have the exact same cards as them, right? right? Or they have Sadisi and Doom Lake Giant. But you have the Chain to the Rocks. You have the you ha and you have the Banishing Light, so you actually get to to deal with those. Things. Yeah, but I have Karametra. So the thing the thing is like I have Karametra, which they can't kill, and they can't beat in combat, right? So I, every time I play a creature, does Karametra actually have any abilities? Yeah, every time you play a creature, you search through your library for a forest or plains and put it into play. Okay. So the uh, so you get like all this mana in play, which is good when your deck is drawing three cards a turn. Right, right, right. right. I have whip two. Yeah. I mean, I only have one. It's like I only have a single swamp and one herbore. So getting double black for <laughs> the whip is kind this, of this seems a little dodgy. This part. wait, you, why? Wait, you have Doomwake. All right, Doomwake's just single. Just one black. black. Which just seems insane to me every time. I have, like my brain, it should be too bad. Okay, listen. Like my, my I have game developer. Two Nylea's Presence, right? Yeah. Maybe it's right to play four Nylea's Presence on like only one character. I don't know. Right. I, I started with four Nylea's Presence until I realized that I needed to play with. Because I was like, I'm stupid, maybe. Yeah, I, like, so I'm like, I mean, I like one win. If you, if you can cast it, I believe you. Like, um, it's, I mean, good luck casting and activating it in one turn. Like, right, that's not right. going to happen. But like, I mean, you still get to cast it and attack with your creatures and gain life, right? Yeah. So like, like that, that's that's see the thing about whip to me is getting the stuff back is fine. It almost seems like the biggest thing is just <laughs> oh the life is the life is the life. Yeah. When I won, when I won the uh, regularly look over at games where both players are at seventy. When I won the the Grand Prix trial with Black Green Devotion, I cut my fourth. Um, this is what's the name? This is Companion three three for for four. Devotion to Green, Gain X. Oh, uh, yeah, Nylea's uh, Emissary. Nylea's Emissary, whatever it's called. No, not Nylea's Emissary. Nylea's um, Disciple. All right, so I cut my fourth one for a whip because I'm just like, I think this card's actually, it's nice to gain life. A lot of the time right. you're only gaining, like, two, and it's low impact on the board. Like, if you're losing to a Goblin Rabble Master and a, and a you know, a, a Storm Stormbath Dragon or, like, a Starkin, this thing's gonna gain you six life and you're still gonna lose, right? So I so I cut the fourth one to play a whip. It was like getting back like a Pelucranos for one attack where he's like that's probably like a five five sure. life swing, and if you have a ton of mana you might kill other you, guys. How do you how do you do against VC in general? Um I uh with the My with my the, guess is the deck you're gonna see the most yeah? at the PPTQ. I mean sorry, at the sec is to DC. Is to DC. Like it's gonna be sick easy. I mean I have four reclamation stages after sideboarding. Right. Okay. I mean, their reclamation stages are pretty weak against my all of my all of my enchantments are bonus, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like. Well, I mean, you're ch getting you know you're chained and you're eh. you're chained in your banishing lights. You don't you don't really want to see those. Get. I'm bringing in all my end hostilities against them. <laughs> <laughs> like they could have like a big board. I go like end hostilities, you know, and reclamation stage or deicide your your whip. I think that. Right. Like the fact that my hand still has seven cards in it, and their sure, hand has sure. like three cards in it. Like, sure, sure. so they have all all this card advantage on the board. Right. I've just been stockpiling cards sure. with my two for ones. I think, oh, the Sadisi decks now, like that Reed and Gerard played in the Invitational, don't even have Sadisi. Right. You know that they cut Sadisi. Yeah. They're just playing Eidolon of Blossoms instead of Sadisi right. now. Right. Which so is it's, so it's constellation away. Yeah, it's like so weak against an opponent who's like a dedicated opponent who has. Who has Doomwake Giants too? Like, if I just kill their Doomwake Giants, like they're not good at killing right. things, right? Like, what creature color are they? Right. Does Murderous Cut kill a black creature? Kills anything. Does it kill a black creature? Yeah. Fine, fine then. But do they have eight of them? <laughs> because I have eight Chain to the Rocks. Yeah. Right. And like, like I think if I Banishing Light their Whip, but do people still. It doesn't even matter if they have Hornet Queen. Like. Doomwake Giant beats Hornet Queen straight up. Sure. Um, yeah, the, the, pro the problem is that they just get to a point where they're just recurring Hornet Queens. I just like play an enchantment and kill all of their all of their wasps. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think I could probably beat. I mean, I played against like a bunch of different kinds of decks. Like, if your opponent's playing just like a mid-range bullshit deck with like a bunch of bullshit in it, like you just haven't you just described standard? <laughs> like, you just crush them. Like I. Like, all of your cards are insane. <laughs> like, you look at your card, you're just like, oh, wow, what an insane card to cast. <laughs> like, the tricky things are like... It's like it's like that scene from History of the World where uh, Mel Brooks goes for unemployment and he says he's a stand-up philosopher. 
And she's yeah. like, oh, well, bullshit artist. <laughs> right? It's like, I, I play mid-range standard. Oh, a mid-range bullshit artist. Like, I don't understand the end of that movie. It just doesn't make any sense. But the end of Blazing Saddles is worse. Doesn't matter. I'm not a big fan of Mel Brooks movies. What? I hate the endings. They're so bad. That's, you're not going for the ending. What am I going for? For the, for the ride. Do you, do you not love Young Frankenstein? I've never seen that. This has been Top 8 Magic. I can... This is the last episode... <laughs> the last Top 8 episode Magic ...episode of the ever. Top 8 Magic podcast. Oh, speaking of things that I hadn't seen but I've seen now, I did watch the first four episodes of Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. I didn't get the last two yet. I didn't have a chance yet. Oh, my God. So you said you wanted to talk about the second episode. So if you haven't seen Black Mirror, Brian's right. It's worth, it's worth a look. The first episode, as he said last week, is about a princess getting captured and the terrorist who captures her saying that the Prime Minister of England has to go fuck a pig on national TV Go. Yeah, not a euphemism. Not actually go fuck a pig. <laughs> what happens next? Which I thought that was that was only okay. It was only okay, but I mean, like, it was good. But I mean, like, but when you start to think about like how it's presented and yeah. like the arguments, I mean, is it that much more ridiculous than what we're seeing happen with the interview right now? Like, is it that much more ridiculous? I can tell you, if I were, I mean, just as a person, I'm not even prime minister in this scenario. <laughs> I don't think I'm fucking a pig to save anybody. <laughs> like, seriously, like, 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 I don't think, I don't think it works anywhere else. But, but England? But in England with the, the you know, a member, princess, a beloved yeah. member of the royal family. Oh yeah, she's just like, not like a regular princess. She's like the one that is on, like, she's like an Instagram star. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. does yeah, charity yeah. all yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like beautiful. Yeah, and she's, like, she's like the princess right now. Like everyone loves her. Kate Middleton. Yeah. They, they all love her. Everyone. Loves the her. only thing I know about her is I read an interview. Everyone where loves her. The one dude who ended up marrying her is like, oh yeah, she's pretty hot. It was like over in an interview, and then she met LeBron, and LeBron wasn't supposed to touch her because I guess in England a man is supposed to touch a woman, or is it because like she's royalty and he's black, or I'm not sure what the reason is. Because he's because <laughs> he's royalty and he's fake royalty. Yeah. He's the king. He's the pretender. He's the king. He's King James. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the second one, uh, I had a reading of this, and Brian said, let's not talk about the way we thought about it on the podcast. So the second one is about this, it's this weird, This that's not even weird. It's like a semi-plausible society it's where- It's a freemium society. It's, it's, like, it's like if the future was a freemium game. Well, so all their power is generated by people riding, riding, stationary bikes, right? Correct. So it's like everyone's at the gym all day. Correct. Which actually, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Not it's everyone. Like, Some people are fat, and then they have yeah. to become janitors. The fat people. Well, so, but if they get too fat, then they get to be on TV, right? Right. They right, then, they, right then they get to be, yeah, clowns, um, yeah, essentially. So, so you're either a fat janitor, or you're, like, riding the bike all day. But then they make, they basically make power for the society, and they also make money by riding the bike. Like, right. they're getting compensated. They, they become, they create content. Right, which is which is what happens in a premium game, right? So you're they like, create content. Sure, they're, they're creating, creating currency. Well, they're creating currency, but then they're using that currency. They're going out. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're and they're like, I'm gonna be this guy yeah. who sings. So they're I'm like, gonna be on this porn show, or I'm gonna be buying a hat for their right. icon or whatever, right? Yeah, or I'm gonna be in the audience. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna do this. I mean, it's like a premium game. Like I'm gonna play, you know, you know, God of War or whatever. And I'm not going to spend any money, but, you know, I'll constantly keep playing and doing the things the game asks me to do and to keep the game moving forward. And getting money. And, but also providing fodder for the people who are spending money in the game. Like, I am here, to, yes, beat me up. <laughs> so you know, what I, Crush so, me so, with your current, you know, your, your fully monetized account. The thing that I, I, I didn't, you know, like, they get the money from playing, from being on the bike or whatever, right? Right. And then they go and they use it to buy food, right? right? But then they can also just use it to, like, buy better gear for their character. Correct, for their avatar. But then they have, their world doesn't exist really very much beyond. I thought, are they, like, in prison? Like, in off hours, they're in these tiny little cells, though. They're, that's, that's, that have very nice screens. Yeah, but. I mean, that's... I, I don't... I, I think that that's just all, all up in the air about whether it's a prison or... But everyone lives this way, right? right? Ex except for the people who become, like, standout stars, right? right? Which is right. The, the conflict of the episode. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, I don't want to spoil that. I, 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 I thought that episode was fantastic. It's, it's very funny to me, like, talking to people about the show, yeah. just on the first two episodes, people are really split. Because they hate the first one they, and like the second one? They hate one. the first one and, and love the second, or love the first one and hate the really? second one. Really? Why would you love the first Finkel, one? I think Finkel hated the second one. Really? Yeah, I think he loved the first one hated the second one. Well, he, I mean, he just wants to see any, like... <laughs> 
rich person basically <laughs> taken. I don't understand his philosophy of life. He told, he's ranted at me one day about how much he hates capitalism. And I'm like, you are the greatest beneficiary of capitalism I have ever met. Why do you, he's like, it's bad. And I'm like, right, I mean, all right. Like, like John, John, will, John will still play with a broken deck, even if he thinks it's a poor decision. Right, he'll still play with a broken deck if it lets no, him no, win. No, no, you think it's bad for the game, not a poor decision. He right, yeah, wouldn't I'm saying, make I'm saying, a, a, I'm saying, no, I'm saying a poor decision by the game makers oh, of okay, the game. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I never understood that. He once asked me like why I was marketing this thing that he thought was bad, and I'm like, I'm not good at anything else. I'm like, I'm really good at this thing, and I'm like, that's the same thing. You, that's the same reason you told me you gamble. He's like, you're, you're, you know, you're just good at this thing. Right. So that's the thing you're gonna do. But anyway, yeah, the, 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 that episode is very is those two episodes are very divisive. I thought the third episode was the, my that's my favorite episode. Third episode is one with the perfect memory. Well, it, they have like a they have like a chip a in the back scene. of their head, I, and they can. I, I love that episode. I, it was crushing to me, emotionally I, crushing. I, I love that episode. I mean, and, and I, I know people who have, and I think we all know people who've also gone through that kind of like really obsessive uh, phase of a relationship. And I, I thought that that I thought that that was like. I thought that was fa- I well, thought it was a fascinating well, it's, look at how what, what that kind of did we get onto this topic because I was talking about not wanting to have Google Glass. Is that how we? No, because if this is what happens if everyone had Google Glass, right? Yes. It's literally if yes. everyone if the world was run by Google Glass, then this is this is everyone's experience. Right. Your wife could literally be like, "Play this back." Or actually, right. You know, be like, "Oh yeah. no, delete files, delete files, <laughs> <laughs> delete it, delete it now." <laughs> right. Right, like, but yeah, basically your browser history. Yeah, it's like real bad. Just like, you <laughs> literally, literally, what you've browsed. All today. strong episodes are based <laughs> are based on the lack of transparency. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I would, I would say like four of the six episodes are very, very my, strong. My wife liked the fourth episode, which is the one with like the, 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 the boyfriend or husband dies. I love that episode too. Yeah, that was like. Yeah. I thought that episode. I thought that episode was fantastic. She said she liked that one more than the ones I liked. Yeah, I thought that episode was fantastic. Um, apparently, there's a seventh episode. You tell me. Yeah, it came up the day we podcasted. Yeah, but it's not in America yet. Okay. And it stars John. Ham- so from what I've read, it's an hour. So Black Mirror comes from the <laughs> Sons of Anarchy school of make your episode however much long you want it to be. Right. Right. So the second episode's like an hour twenty. Most of the other ones are like forty some minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So the one that just came out last week is like an hour and a half long. Stars John Hamm and ties together the first six episodes. Interesting. That's what I've read. Okay. I'll, I'll look for it. Uh, I got to tell you, the show, so the show that I just watched, so my wife and I went off, um, hanging out, we watched a little TV, we watched Happy Valley. I don't know what that is. So it's a, ne- it's, it's, it's a BBC show that is uh, Netflix. Available. You know, ne- Netflix bought it, I guess, and is, you know, published. So it hasn't been shown, like, on BBC America or anything. And uh, and it's like it's like we it's like a weird looking show, right? It starts this middle aged woman, who's a sergeant in the police force in this small town in in England. England. And you know, and it looks like oh, maybe even a little goofy when you look at it, right? It looks almost like because she's not, you know, this super striking figure. I don't even mean that in terms of like attractive. I mean, she's she just looks like you know she's got a silly. English cop hat on, and you know, and <laughs> she's a Bobby. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, so it, she's so, a Boberta. So it looks a little like, like I was like, oh, this is weird. I guess I, I guess it's a comedy. That was like my first, yeah. and the name of the show, and it's not. It's just, it's so good. It's so good, uh, and it was. It's just a six episode story, and it's just this woman who's just had some terrible shit happen to her in her life, dealing with her life, and. Dealing with like crime in her community. So it's like season one of the killing instead of everything that was. Yes, it's re- it's very yeah very much, uh, the killing. Uh, I, f- I forgot what my my wife compared it to. I thought was was pretty apt. Yeah, the show show's terrific. I can't wait. There apparently is going to be a second season. So, so my wife watched the American version of was it Grace Point? Oh whatever. yeah, that's that's the American version. Yeah, Broadchurch is. But she didn't watch the British version, which was supposed to be better. Yeah, Broadchurch is great. Okay, so she says to me, I can't watch... It's, the- it's actually very good. I wouldn't say great. So I she said, I can't watch the British version. I'm like, why? She's like, because then I'll know what happens at the end. Because <laughs> I think she accidentally watched the first point of episode of Grace Point, liked it enough to keep watching it. She's like, if I watch the British one, then I'm going to know what happens. So I believe yeah? they've changed the ending. I wouldn't be able to tell you because I haven't watched a single episode of I either one. I believe they've changed the ending for Grace Point so that it can be an ongoing series. Oh, 
that's like, do you watch The Affair? We talked about this before. I haven't watched The Affair. It's pretty obvious that they tacked on a different ending to The Affair <laughs> uh, based on them getting... Actually, that show got so many nominations. Yeah. I, people I really watch it. It's pretty good. It's good people. I like... I like uh, I like McNulty. Both, I like McNulty and I like... Uh, what's her face? My from, wife calls her Duck Lips. From Luther. <laughs> Duck Lips. Yeah. Duck Lips and McNulty. Yeah. Wait, so they're all foreigners? She's... Mc- she's... She's... Uh, she plays, what's her face on, uh, oh, so, was it Alice? So she's English. Yeah. And he's Irish? Yeah. And they just play Americans? Yeah. That's, Weird. That's, welcome to television. America doesn't have... Have you, have you watched, you watch Law & Order? Ever, uh, like... I've watched Law & Order, Have you yet. seen, like, Law & Order, like, towards the end of the regular series when they oh, replace... Oh, no. So they replace, uh, Sam Waterston with this other, uh, you know, prosecuting attorney. Yeah. Uh, and he's got this American act. He's English. So, you know, my wife Everyone's is, English. My wife is on, like, season 10 of Law & Order SVU. She, like, binges it on her iPad sure. while doing the dishes yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. doing the laundry or, or whatever. Or whatever yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, how many seasons more? She's like, there's at least nine more seasons. There are at least nine more and seasons. And there's just no sign of slowing down. And, like, Mariska Hargitay is just never going to do anything else, I think. Why would she? She doesn't need to do anything No, else. but he got out. The guy who pulled yeah, yeah. Stabler got out, right? He did a season of... He's had, like, two or three failed shows on Fox yeah, now. Yeah. And then he did a season on... HBO on True Blood, right? But Mar- yeah, but I he mean, started on HBO on Oz. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's you, you know if so you, you ever see Dawn. If, if you ever want to see his junk, you just have to watch Oz. Let me tell you something. Speaking of junk, <laughs> I think that Magneto <laughs> taking a dark turn here on I, the top eight. Magic I think podcast. Magneto, uh, Michael Fassbender <laughs> is like <laughs> dong turn, dong turn, dong turn. Uh, um, <laughs> That can't be the title, but it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, so, uh, I think he's like, when I first saw X-Men uh, First Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, this guy, I don't know who he was. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, this guy's super good looking. I didn't realize he was in the 300. Oh, is he? Yeah, I didn't know that either. I've is never one watched of my favorite, the It's one of my favorite movies. I have no interest in ever watching All right, so it's really super good. and it's, It seems super bad to me. It's divergent from what Frank, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't like anything Frank Miller does at this point in his career. Yeah, but they changed it. Yeah. McNulty's the bad guy. Yeah. Well, oh, one of the bad Maybe I'll watch it. So anyway, I'm like, oh, this guy's uh, super good looking. I didn't even know there was a whole movie about him like running around naked. And so there's this movie called Shame where Michael Fassbender plays a sex addict. And, like, there's this room full of, like, people watching it at John Finkel's house, you know, at least half of whom are women, you know, young women in their early uh, early 30s or younger, right? And then, like, the opening scene is, like, Michael Fassbender, like, having sex with some woman and, like, walking straight into the camera, dong out or whatever. And then John Finkel goes, I don't know what the big deal is. He's not even that big. <laughs> Was that, like, a, a commercial? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself at the time, I'm like... <laughs> I, I, don't know, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen George Clooney roasting Michael Fassbender and talking about him being able to putt on a green without using a golf club, so... Yeah, so I'm just saying, <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're the guy saying that, yeah. right, you're like... Ugh. That's like... That's like you Come know, shop at Finkel's. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like when... That's like the, uh, you know, you're at a urinal, yeah. and someone's actually at the urinal, and you don't know what to say. You say, ooh, this water's cold. <laughs> And deep, yeah. <laughs> okay, cold. And deep. These are inconsistent. All right. You want to talk about magic at all anymore? Not, not especially. All right. So. We're 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 way we're way right. we're way past magic. Oh, at this, this point. Of tongue. No, we're no. done. This is the top eight magic podcast. Let's go to Bowers. Oh, let's all do right. it. We're gonna go to Bowers. Uh, this has been the top eight magic podcast. Uh, it's Christmas time. It's like, oh, a merry, ha- merry, happy Hanukkah Kwanzaa to everybody. Um, merry Christmas is all I got. Yeah. This has been my Michael J. Flores. Brian David Marshall. Uh, shop at face-to-face games, I guess. Bye. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>